Welcome to the Babe You've Got This podcast. My name is Kim Kent. I'm so excited for you to be listening in today. I am a sales-based business coach. I specialize in mindset and I'm also an online business professional and network marketing professional. I love to help ambitious women who feel stuck, unclear and tired of not getting results to achieve the skills to build a six plus figure business and overcome all the BS that is holding them back from genuinely achieving the goals that they desire. I do this via my transformational and unique coaching experiences. Plus you get all the free goodness from tuning into my podcast. I'm all about empowering and inspiring women. So I really hope that this episode today gives you so much value, so much inspiration and gets you to think greater. If you'd love to learn more about me and check out my offerings, you can visit my website, www.kimkent.com.au. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and I really, really hope you enjoy this episode today. Hey, beautiful soul. I am back and... I'm so excited to record this episode and it's been eight weeks in the making because it's taken me eight weeks to be able to do this and I am going to take you through my birth story, birth journey, birth experience to the best of my ability. Disclaimer, I am not going to hold back. I am going to share graphically and the whole TMI thing, you, there will be moments where you're probably like, Kim, that was too much info. Well, guess what? That's what you're getting. And if you've been listening to me share on my podcast or on my social media for a while, you would know that I am an oversharer. So, well, to me, I don't believe I overshare. I just feel like I'm normal. But to others, I probably do give that little bit too much, but I just look at it as like a bonus. So, Let's get into it. Oh gosh, they definitely, when they say that, you know, you forget the pain and everything you went through, um, so on and so forth. I'm like, yeah, I definitely have, I don't feel like it was as hectic as it, like it was at the time, but I remember after giving birth, I'm just like, holy shit, how do we go back and do that multiple times? It was so fucking intense. But I know everyone has their own experience as well. And I need to say that, like, my experience, definitely different to everyone else's. Uh, You might be a mum and might be able to relate to a lot of my story. You might have had a completely different birth story. Um, Yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. So, when was it? So, I was 40 plus 5. I was 40 weeks plus 5 days over when Isla was born and she was actually due the day after my birthday and I am someone who is a birthday person I'm all about the birthday month and she was her due date was always the day after my birthday and I was like of course this happens the universe is teaching me a lesson teaching me to be able to share so she's probably going to come a day early on my birthday she never did she's actually very selfless and gave me the whole month of February. I swear after her due date, I was like, she's going to be here any day, any day. It was 40 weeks. And one day after I was like, she's come, she has to come. Like it's, she's going to be in February. She's obviously going to make me share a birthday month, but it got to when was she born? She was born on the 2nd of March. 
so it was the first, it was the Tuesday. When was, Monday was the 28th of February. So obviously we had a short month as well. But it was on the 28th of Feb, I had my midwife catch up appointment to go in and she offered me a stretch and sweep and I took it. So I should backtrack. So I'm someone who I didn't want any intervention. I want to do this exactly how Mother Nature had intended, um, as natural as possible. Uh, I'd been doing all the things like walking, rose, um, rose hip tea or whatever it's called, rose leaf tea, uh, reflexology, just being really calm and just knowing like my baby will come when she's ready, but I'm really fucking uncomfortable so she can come anytime. And literally as of 37 weeks, I was getting Braxton Hicks, the period pain, like it was like the whole of February, pretty much I was in and out of what I felt like labor was going to come, like the Braxton Hicks, the con- like that type of contraction got really intense, but I knew it was just Braxton Hicks and oh, it was crazy. So by the time my midwife, this midwife appointment came up, I was just like, you know what, let's do a stretch and sweep. Let's get it done. Now, the reason for me deciding on this intervention is because I was, I chose, how do I share this? Because if you're not from WA, you, we have this program in Perth called CMP, Community Midwife Program. And it's a government funded program where they're midwives who support home birth. And obviously if you can't do it at home, you can do it at a certain hospital or a birthing center. So I opted for home birth. Um, I just wanted to be at home in my space with my husband and the CMP midwives are like they're trained for home birth. So they're, they're just amazing. So you register for this program and got accepted in cause I was low risk and you get given a midwife. Um, and I love them. They have the same philosophy as me as in the mother births the baby, not the doctor, obviously time and place and the doctor is needed, but you know, they just really encourage a physiological birth, meaning the mother births the body, the baby, like the body's meant to birth. So you do, as of 28 weeks, no, I can't remember, as of a certain time, you do fortnightly appointments with your midwife. So yeah, I was due to do my 40-week appointment, um, but we did it a little bit later. And yeah, the reason I opted for a stretch and sweep is because with the CMP program, you can, your gestational period can be up to 42 weeks. And as of 42 weeks, the midwives are no longer pretty much allowed to facilitate a home birth with you. You have to be, you have to birth at the hospital if you want that midwife. Like I could have kept it going and say I went over 42 weeks and I would have free birthed. I would have had birth at home, but I wouldn't have had the midwife because they're not insured or whatever the lingo is they're just not like the policy doesn't cover them to do home births 42 plus weeks so I was like this baby like I have to have a home birth I do not want to be induced I do not want to have to go to the hospital um all of this jazz like obviously if I needed to I would have done it so I was like you know what a stretch and sweep is the most least amount of interference just to help things move along. So for those who don't know what a stretch and sweep is, the midwife puts her fingers up my vagina, um, into my cervix, stretches my cervix, 
and rubs around the like the head of the baby but the sack's still intact so you've got the um the sack and by doing this it helps release certain hormones that can help induce labor and oh my god it was so fucking painful i was like yeah i'm ready let's do it well it wasn't painful it was really uncomfortable and she did it and she's like oh you're already one centimeter almost two centimeters dilated i'm like sweet that must have been the few weeks of on and off period pain awesome so anyway that was in the afternoon on the monday went home um ran a couple of my coaching calls with my clients and my group coaching program still felt like things were tightening things things were happening and i got the like lightning crutch um and I just, but I didn't know because I'd been feeling this on and off. So I was like, who knows if this stretch and sweep did anything? And they say a stretch and sweep. Oh, I can't. I googled it. You literally just Google it. It's all on there. Um, most women, it will induce labour. It will help bring on labour naturally within twenty four hours. So anyway, went to bed. All good. Went to bed about eight thirty because I'm a bit of a nana, and I woke up at one a.m in pain and I was like just feeling it and I was like oh that was a contraction because it was an on like it, it was like a surge of energy that started to build 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 and then decreased and tapered off where all the other pains I was having before were like a niggling constant period pain or like a, it just wasn't what a contraction would feel like and how they're described but the funny thing was like I kid you not I was dreaming I can still remember I can't remember what was going on in my dream, but I can still remember a picture of a part of my dream where I was, it felt like I had the contraction in my dream. So I was wondering when I woke up if I was already contracting, but I was still asleep, but I felt the pain in my dream because I felt it at least four times. And I woke up and I was like, Daniel, yep, shit's happening. This is it. And he, he was amazing. He um, pretty much was my doula. He was my doula, but he's not like a trained doula. And he did all my pressure points so we went through all of that because I was like I want to make sure I have all the support with this um so I got the clary sage oil I was sniffing um I put on meditation music in my ears and every time a contraction would happen Daniel would press on the pressure points in my body um so what was happening is I was getting and we started timing we started timing these contractions so they would last between 30 to 50 seconds and they were about between five and eight minutes apart. So when you don't call a midwife, it's 1am in the morning, um, you don't like no point calling the midwife unless the waters break. Otherwise, all we would do is just wake them up and disrupt their sleep and they can't come till a certain time period anyway. So we're just like, we'll get through this. And I was just lying on the bed and I was fine every time the contraction stopped. I was fine just chilling and we're chatting a bit, just resting. And then it would come on. And it was so, like, it was really intense, really, really intense. It got to about 5 a.m. And I was just like, holy shit, like, this is getting more intense. They started to get closer together, but they weren't within, they were still only four to five minutes apart. And when they say to call your midwife is if you're having like three contractions that go for about 60 seconds within a 10 minute period so pretty much 60 second contraction with a two to three minute gap between the next one so yeah we're like yeah we're still not in the active labor zone 
but things felt like they were starting to move up. So Daniel set up the pool. I was like, shit, yeah, let's put up the birthing pool, got all ready and everything. So my contractions were consistent. Every five five to eight minutes, I would have a, a contraction. And then we called my midwife at 7 a.m. And she's like, yep, cool, sounds like you're in early labor. And just rest as much as you can. Look, they might go away, they might stay, who knows? Let's just see what happens, keep timing them. And just she's like, just rest as much as you can. Like you've already been awake since 1 a.m. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. And you know, I'm doing lots of research on early labor and what that means. And they say that, you know, you can have your contractions and all of this stuff and then it can go away for hours. Well, I can tell you that from 1 a.m. on the Tuesday morning, till about 9 p.m. that night, I did not have any breaks. I had consistent contractions for every five to eight minutes for 40 to 60 seconds each contraction. And I say till about nine, well, it was about eight or 9 p.m. that night is when active labor started, so I'll get to that. So yeah, no rest for me. So we didn't, we just kept laboring. We were just at home. I'd make sure I was eating nutritious meals. In between contractions, I was totally fine. Like no pain, nothing. And then when they came on, they actually seemed to become more manageable. And then I realized it was because when I was lying down, I felt more relaxed, but the pain was more intense. But when I would stand up or be bent over or whatever I was doing, I could handle the surge of energy more. So every single time I had a contraction, Daniel would do a pressure point um, and I would just make my way through it. And it was, it was really painful. Like, don't get me wrong. It was probably, look, if birth is a 10 out of 10, like with my most painful contraction part being a 10 out of 10, this pre-labor and the contractions were about a 7 out of 10. Like they were, they were intense from the get-go. Now my waters hadn't broken. I hadn't lost my mucus plug yet. I was just like what like we need a sign that things are progressing and we called the midwife again and she's like Kim this is about lunchtime she's like Kim if you're talking to me like you're not in active labor you'll know and yeah she's like do some curb walking and I'm like I'm in my underwear I'm not going outside so Daniel and I strapped a yoga block to my foot and I'm walking I'm doing laps around the pool you can see me do it. If you go onto my Instagram and look at one of my reels, I have shots of the birth story and you can go see me walking around the pool with a yoga block um, to create an unstable surface to help move things along. So I'm doing that and it's like this constant battle of, but I should be resting. To like get as much rest as possible because you don't know when this, you don't know. But at the same time, don't sit around because that can slow down labor. So I'm conflicted here. I'm like, do I fucking rest? Or do I get things moving? But I want to conserve my energy. And I, I was starting to feel quite fatigued, like tired, as in that feeling if you've been up since 1 a.m. And it was now the, the, uh, that afternoon. Um, so that was happening. Whipped on the TENS machine at about 2, 3 p.m. because my back started to really ramp up and I was starting to really ache more than my stomach contracting. So we put the TENS machine on and that helped. But how that helped was... It really relieved the back um, pain during the contraction, but then it made me really feel the stomach because the back was being relieved. And I was just like, oh my God. So uh, uh, it was just, it was crazy. 
But yeah, still by this time, about 3, 4 p.m., I was still fine in between contractions. Daniel and I played Yahtzee. I actually rolled a Yahtzee on my first roll. I got all sixes. I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. And yeah, I was like, cool, this labor thing got it under control, mindset strong, doing the meditation, doing the hypnobirthing, not letting, like just breathing through it, doing all the things, doing all the positions, Daniel's like pressing on my pelvic, all of the things. Um, and then it got to about, when was it? Probably about 7.38, like the sun had started to go down. Because my midwife has said, like, hopefully things ramp up tonight because usually it's at night time things ramp up. Or try and get some rest, you know, try and go to sleep. I'm like, I'm not fucking sleeping. I've tried. These contractions are consistent every five minutes. So by the time it came to the afternoon, early evening, they were about four to five minutes apart, way more intense and lasting for about 60 seconds to to 70 seconds. So I was like, yep, they're definitely getting more intense. But maybe I'm tired as well. Well, I was tired. Maybe that's affecting it. Um, I was spent a lot of time in the shower. The water on my back was amazing. We put a chair in the shower and I'd just sit on it and resting my arms on the head part and just allowing the water to hit my back. And that was so good. So, so good. And, yeah, it got to probably about 8 o'clock. And I, I remember sitting on the toilet. So they say to sit reverse on the toilet so you can rest your arms on the toilet the back of the toilet bit and you'll see that photo in my birth reel and I put an eye mask on I just sat by this time I was like yep I need everything dark I need to get right into like right into my thoughts um I put some more of my meditation music on it was just binaural binary beats um it was just like a three hour long thing on Spotify Uh, and it just helps you relax your body and I was doing that and I was, yeah, on the toilet. We had candles lit. And I just remember things really now starting to ramp up. And I was like, ooh, these are starting to kick in. And I started to make noise. I started to make noise. Oh, I've got to tell you something. Oh, my God. Pause. Reverse. Rewind back. Oh, my God. I'm missing things. Rewind back till about lunchtime-ish, I had this really powerful contraction when I was on the toilet and then I wiped and my mucus plug came out. So I was like, yes, mucus plug. We're having some progress. So anyway, I wanted to share that. And at about, I think it was around two, but sometime in the afternoon, I was like, all right, orgasms help contractions. Orgasms release oxytocin. Orgasms help do things. And I was not having sex because I was not having sex in between contractions. So I used my vibrator. And I sat on the toilet, like told you guys, it's a graphic. I sat on the toilet um, and I like used it and I gave myself an orgasm and it was so good. But then right after the peak of the orgasm, I had the most intense contraction. I was just like, fuck, it was so painful. I was like, talk about duality in one instant, like this equal pleasure and pain. But I was like, yep, come on, get this oxytocin building. So anyway, I did that. I'm super proud of it. Hey, I'm like, you've got to do these things. And I always wanted an orgasmic birth. Well, look, I, I got one orgasm through the whole experience, but I know that's not what an orgasmic birth actually is. Anyway, okay, now let's jump back to that 8 p.m. time. So I'm sitting on the toilet and I started to make noise with these. I started like, yeah, I need to make noise with these contractions. And I was just, I was kind of like not humming, humming, but with my mouth open just holding a note like the contraction will come and it's like I was releasing 
in my head, I was like, if I release this energy through sound, so it's like I would hold this sound through the contraction, and that really helped. I actually thought I was really fucking loud, but Daniel said the whole time, he's like, you weren't actually that loud. And I was like, damn, I wish we recorded it. Um, so yeah, as of then, every contraction, I'm just made noise. So we called the midwife. I just could not talk in between contractions. Um, I was like, call the midwife. And we called her and she's like, yep, well, Daniel talked. And she's like, yep, all right, I'll come now. My water still hadn't broken by this time. So this is 8 p.m. So this is what, 20-ish hours? And she's like, yep, I'll make my way over. Now, the reason the midwives have to, especially the, C, well, the CMP midwives, why they have to wait is they're only allowed to work for a 12-hour period. Then they have to stop working. So if she came in earlier and she hit 12 hours, she would have to tag team out with another midwife and I wouldn't get this mid, my midwife. And I didn't want that. So what they do is they wait, wait, wait. So you labor at home until you're getting to active labor. Um, so then when they come, you know, they're there to support you. Things are actually moving and all of that jazz. So yeah, we called and yes, she's on her way. And I just remember sitting down on the, the, so we have a bed that's the ensemble. So it's the mattress and the bottom bit. And I just remember sitting with my legs around the corner, like leaning on the bed. And I just remember going in and the contractions happening, like Daniel come to a pressure point. And I was like making a noise and then I started to go, ow, ow, ow. I was like, oh my God. Like it was my first moment where I was like, holy fucking shit this is fucking painful. Like I almost lost control. And I had to, in my head, I was like, if Kim, pull your shit together. Like if you lose control on this, it's just going to make the whole thing so stressful and you just don't know what can happen. And the whole point is to stay as relaxed as possible. So I like, it's like I had to ground myself. It's like my noise I was making went from a grounding noise to a like, ow, 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 scream. And then I was like, no, bring it back, bring it back. And it was in that one moment, Daniel told me after, he's like, when you did that, it was the first time I was like, holy fucking shit, what do I do? Like, she's actually really hurting, but I have to hold my my shit together for her. But he didn't tell me this until way after. And I was like, it was. I remember in this moment, sitting on the floor, and I was like, if I was offered an epidural right now, I would take it. I was so adamant that I was like, I don't want any drugs. This is why I want to be at home. Like, I don't want any of that stuff. I want to do this. I can fucking do this by myself. And it was in that moment I was like, for the women who have the same mindset as me and didn't want any drugs, I can see how if you're in a hospital setting or if the epidural is available, I can I can see why women say yes and take it because I was ready to take it. I was like, I could totally, like, I just need the relief. This has been like, it's almost been 24 hours of me in constant pain. And by this time now, my back had started hurting so much between the contractions that, sorry, during the contractions that between the contractions, the pain never really went away. So it was like my body wasn't rest, getting this rest from the pain. Anyway, so I was just like, holy shit. Like, well, things are ramping up. Baby's going to be born tonight. Don't know when. But I was just I was just getting so tired. And don't forget, I hadn't slept in, well, was awake since 1 a.m. Anyway, the midwife arrived. I just started crying. It was like this sense of relief, like, like come here. like. And she was such this motherly vibe for me. It was just so amazing. And she was like, okay, I need to check you. So in this time, by the way, I could still talk between contractions. I didn't want to, but if I needed to, I could. 
And she's like, let's check you. Let's see how dilated you are. I was like, right. And she went in, she checked, and it triggered a contraction. I was like, fuck, that was so painful. Now, here I am. I've been laboring for this long. I started my laboring at two centimeters. So I'm like, yep, surely I'm going to be quite far along. I was four centimeters. That whole time through all those contractions, so the 20, 21 hours now since I started contracting, I'd only dilated an extra two centimeters. And this was 10 p.m. She checked me, sorry, 10 p.m. So I'd been in active labor. Um, Well, what I was feeling felt like active labor. I know they say it's usually a bit more dilated before then, but it was fucking intense. And like the pain was probably like a nine out of 10 now and what was I saying I was just like are you fucking kidding me only four centimeters I'm like okay so what happens she's like well I'll check again at 2 a.m so this is in four hours and hopefully you're at six centimeters and I'm like are you fucking kidding me I've got to do this for another four hours for only another two centimeters and then there's still four more centimeters to go I'm like oh my god this is never gonna end can I do this like all of like I just wanted to give up like it was just fucking hard. I was like exhausted. And I was like, okay, what happens if I haven't dilated by then? She's like, I'll, we'll look at breaking your waters. I'm like, can you break my waters now? Because my waters still have not broken. And she's like, no, because if I medically in- intervene, you're on the clock and it just, you got time. And I was just like, fuck's sake, bring like, let move this forward. But she's so supportive this midwife is so amazing she's like no you can do this it's gonna happen you can do this so anyway we got the pool ready we got the hot water in the pool she's like yep you can jump in the pool because when you have the cmp midwives i'm not allowed to go into the pool before she gets there one it can slow down if you're getting there too early it can slow down labor and two she's like if you give birth obviously this was my first so it takes longer but there's times where if it's my second or third babies come quicker she's like if you give birth and I haven't arrived yet because it happened really quick and you're in the pool, what can happen, and pay attention to this, what can happen is you can pull up baby really fast because it's your natural instinct to pull baby up out of the water and if you have a short umbilical cord, you can snap the umbilical cord and there can be bleeding out and all these is very fucking dangerous. You could die. Things, Bad things can happen. And I was like, I wouldn't do that anyway. I've got my head screwed on. Like, oh, yeah, but all good that that's why I, I was like I had to wait till she came to get in the pool I got in the pool oh my god it was such a relief <coughs> excuse me um I had been spending a lot of time in the shower which was a relief as well but the pool it was just so nice to be in there and I'm just like yep and then Daniel would come to the side of the pool and press on my shoulder trigger point every time a contraction happened and I decided in that moment I'm not looking at the clock because you can see our clock in the house. And I was like, don't look at the clock, Kim. Don't watch. Just, I was fully in my head now. I stopped talking to everyone. I was, we put my, uh, excuse me, yawning. It's just part of my normal life right now, yawning randomly. Anyway, um, put the, my binaural beats on the Spotify speaker and couldn't have the TENS machine on anymore because I'm in the water. And I just was in there and I was just fully, like my eyes, I was had my forehead and eyes like pressing into the side of the pool because that just helped and I was just like in my own world and I would just like make, I'll go, mm-hmm, 
to t- signal Daniel to come and pressure my do my pressure points and whatnot. And I just started, I just did not have the energy and my back was just fucking killing me. So by this time I was totally like, when they talk about surrendering, I was surrendering because I was so tired and so much pain and I was just like big surge, big surge, let it happen. One close, one step closer to, one more contraction closer to having my baby and I just wanted pain relief. And noise was really triggering me. I needed everyone to be dead quiet and my midwife and Daniel, when they spoke, they whispered and they were being really respectful of that, but it was so funny because we put a tarp down under the pool and Daniel was walking around lighting candles and all this stuff and I just remember hearing his feet on the tarp and I was just so fucking annoyed. I was just, I was like, stop walking, like just stop moving on the tarp. Like it was so, it felt so loud. And then he boiled the kettle to make a coffee because Daniel, you know, hadn't slept this whole time. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, what are you doing? I was really nice and polite to my midwife, but Daniel would just do things. Like he's obviously trying to make a coffee, but he's not thinking how loud this kettle is because I'm in the living kitchen area because we've got a small house. I can hear everything. And I'm just like, like turn the kettle off. Like I was just like, it's it's funny because Daniel was just trying to do everything right and he was just making this noise and I'm just like, shut up like shut up it's too noisy um and it was so hard because I just didn't have the energy to politely tell him off to like please don't do that but anyway oh so then things really started to ramp up um the midwife was like come on we need to get you on the toilet toilets birth babies because you know it puts your pelvis in a good position I'm like I don't want to and she's like come on like we got to move you so we did that and the contractions were just way too intense and there was no break now. Like my back was just fucking killing me the whole time. It was like constant contraction in my back. And I was like, let me get in the shower. So at least I was in the shower and she was like squat down and I'm just like, I cannot, my legs were so dead. Like they were helping me move. My body was just so fatigued, <laughs> excuse me, at this point. Sorry, I just had a cup of, a sip of my tea. And... Yeah, I was in the shower for a bit and then we went back out to the pool. And then I was in the pool and I was like, I was on all fours. So I was like kneeling down on my legs and leaning forward because I was like knees in, in this squattish on all fours position. It's going to be best for my pelvis. It opens up the pelvis the best for baby. I was adamant I was not birthing on my back. Not birthing on my back. I already have a funky spine and pelvis. Even my chiropractors like, do not birth on your back. It will make everything very difficult. Do not do it. Um, so, yeah, I was on this all fours position. If you think of like a dog sitting, you know how their bum's on the ground, but their arms, it was kind of like, like that in a way. My bum wasn't on the ground. I was just kneeling. Yeah. And I was like, Daniel, can you get in the pool? And he got in the pool because I was like, I need you to press on my back in between each, con- well, do what you need to do in the contractions, but also press down to take the pressure off in between. So he got in the pool, which was so good. Um, this is what I find really funny. So we're getting closer to the birth. I have no idea what time this is, but I'm definitely in active labor. The pain is a 10 out of 10 because my contractions in the final few hours were the, was worse than pushing. Like pushing didn't seem as painful because it was, it was a different type. Of pain but yeah so he's pushing down on my back 
And then I started to notice I was grunting a bit more and it did feel like I was like bearing down a bit. And by this point, guys, like I just flopped down, like literally Daniel had to hold my head. So I didn't put my head in the birthing pool. Um, oh, fuck. I missed a part. Go back an hour. I was having before. Sorry, guys. I know. I'm trying to chronologically do this. Probably should have written notes. Let's just rewind. You know how I got was first in the pool? And just before I got out to go sit on the toilet, I had a contraction. I heard a pop. And I was like, oh, I think my waters are broken. And they checked and thank God they did. So my waters had broken by this time. Anyway, fast forward back to this point. You know, went in the shower and got back in the pool. Daniel's behind me, pressing on my back. And it's just fucking intense. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but my midwife could see that I had the purple line down my lower back, which usually indicates you're about 10 centimetres dilated. So I had rapidly increased my dilation from 10 a.m., 10 p.m., which was four centimetres. Now, baby was born at 4.55, so pretty much 5 a.m. I was pushing for an hour. So at this point, it was about 4.30-ish a.m., and I heard my midwife make the phone call. Now, what they do is when I'm pushing, they call the next midwife. So there has to be two midwives there with this CMP program because there's going to soon be a second patient, the baby. So you need a midwife for me and midwife for the baby. And I heard her make the phone call and I was just like, yes, this means I'm pushing. This means it's coming to an end. Like, oh my God, I was just so tired. Like it was, oh. I was, it was just fucked. I just couldn't do anything. It was, I was just like this dead weight in this pool. Anyway, I always joked that I'm like, I'm going to be the person who poos when she has her contractions. And and I, I, I talked it up so much over the last few years about my, I bet I'm that person who poos. I bet I'm that person who poos. Oh my God. And now I'm like, fuck. I would be disappointed if I don't because I've talked it up so much. And I did feel like there's a part where like, the pushing starts and you feel like oh, I felt like her head was going to come through my butthole. It's like, fuck's sake. And then I, was, I could literally feel my butthole expanding, which it is anal dilation. And I swear I'm like, yep, something's coming out. Something's coming out. Now I didn't care if Daniel saw me poo, but I'd always thought that he wouldn't be directly behind me as I pooed. So it's not that he could see it, because my butt was facing down, but the midwife had to put put the mirror under me quite a bit because she had to see every time I had a contraction, she wanted to see like waiting for the crowning to happen. And of course, Daniel's looking too. So in the mirror, he can, he's like, yep, you could see your butthole open and a little bit of poo came out. And I was like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> whatever. And I did hear her use the sift to sift out the poo in the pool. I heard that once. So I, I, I felt like I pooed two or three times. Um, and Daniel said they were just little nuggets <laughs> anyway. Um, it was just so funny because I know so many women get embarrassed or like they don't want to know or, or whatnot. And I'm just like, I'm fucking proud. Like if I'm pulling, yep, good. This means like the baby's coming, it's clearing the pathway. Like, yeah. So anyway, the pushing, we're in the pushing phase and it was, what it was is then Daniel my back started to relieve, like my back, that back pain he was constantly pushing down on started to lighten up because I was in full involuntary pushing now. And so my midwife was saying that she's like, Kim's in involuntary pushing. 
and what this was, I've never experienced it before, obviously, because I haven't given birth, but I've never experienced really surrendering and letting my body take over and just trusting in my body. And holy shit, my body just did it. Like I, and because I was so tired anyway, I didn't even have the energy to think, let alone like, oh, it was just crazy. But by this time, Daniel was now sitting, sitting and I would rest. I was like lying in him like he was holding me like I was a newborn baby. And then I would just push myself up to do the contraction and then fall back onto him. I literally was like a newborn baby. I, in between contractions, I just, I was floppy. I was just there because I'm like, I have absolutely nothing to give. I'm so fucking exhausted. My eyes were not open. I ended up eating some honey on a spoon just for some sugar, um, which I feel like it helped. And yeah, I I actually was falling asleep in between contractions because I was that fatigued and that tired. I remember lying there and kind of going into a bit of a dreamland and I was like, what the fuck, Kim, you're in labor, you're giving birth. And I would come to, and every time I would like, Kim, you're giving birth, a contra- the contraction to start pushing would happen. And I literally, the only energy I had is I could tap one finger on Daniel to know, and he knew like to lift me up and bring me around. So I'm on all fours and my head's on his chest, pressing into him. And yeah, my body like this, you'd have this contraction and then it's like your pelvis tucks under and contracts. And I just felt this pushing and my midwife is like, bear down, bear down. And that triggered me to think like I'm a bear and I'm birthing my cub and it fucking empowered me so much. And when this would happen, I'm like, Urgh. like, cause that's why women scream and let go of the control. And the way my midwife explained it during it, she's like, imagine that this contraction is energy, push that energy down, down through your abdominum, down through to your vagina. And cause I started to just like grunt and kind of grunty scream, not scream, like, grunty moan really loudly but it felt like my energy was leaving my body through my mouth and she's like don't let it leave you through your mouth let it leave through your vagina and that visual just really fucking worked and I was like yeah bear down I'm this mother bear birthing my cub like I've fucking got this and you do you feel so empowered and the pushing it really hurt but it felt more structural with like my bones moving I could feel her head and she's like she's She's trying to get her head around that, the, the lip in your in your pelvis. So the lip, anyway. And so I felt like Isla's head was moving down faster than what it was because I was like, is am I crowning yet? She's like, not yet. We can't see her head yet. I'm like, fuck me. Feels like she's about to burst through my asshole. Like, <laughs> she's there. Um, and then my midwife is like, turn around. Just turn around. I'm like, no, no, I'm not birthing on my back. She's like, just for a next couple of push- like pushes, just turn around. And I was like, okay. And I turned around. Now, here I am, Adam, and I don't want to birth on my back. Didn't think that I'm in water. So Daniel was sitting, so back against the, the pole, pool wall and his legs out long. And I was sitting, like, lying on top of him in, in, like, that spooning. Like, yeah, he was holding me. And then he had under my armpits and, like, holding my chest. And I actually was floating. I was like, this is fucking delightful. I was like, oh, such a relief. I'm not actually on my back. There's, my body isn't, my bum isn't touching the ground or a hard surface. And then so a contraction would happen and I just felt my pelvis tuck under and I was like holding under Daniel's legs and I, my head was pushing against his forehead because I just needed, I just, you just get all this strength that you don't know where it comes from. And Daniel was telling me after, he's like, Kim, 
I felt like you were going to lift me out of the pool and you were on top of me. He's like, where the fuck did you get that strength? I'm like, you just like, you give her everything you got. And then I was crowning. She had the mirror there. She's like, do you want to touch your baby's head? And I was like, no, because I just want to get this over with. But I did. I was like, Kim, you're never going to have this experience again with her. So touch the head. And then I looked a little bit to see, but I knew that there was photos being taken. So then I kept my eyes closed and she was crowning and she's like, yep, I reckon a few more pushes. And she was right there and I was like, nah, she's fucking, I'm like, she's coming out in the next one. And I just knew to hold even in between contractions and pushes. I was just like kind of tensing just a little bit to hold her there because I didn't want her to slide back up the birth canal. But the midwife is like, do not push unless your body's contracting. And this makes sense because you've got to push when it's contracting. If you, if you if I try and push the baby out while my body's not actually contracting, this is how tears happen, birth, like stress on the baby, all of this stuff. So I had to make the most of every push. Um, and I just remember pushing in this next one. I'm like, she's going to come. And I was like, I just felt this burning, not like the ring of fire, that women talk about I'm like it didn't I didn't really have the ring of fire and I've been in the water for ages but I felt like around in my the clitoris area was like stinging and I was like whatever it's just stretching it's just stretching I'm pushing 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 and I got her out I got her head out on that push and I was so proud I was like oh. and then now the midwife is like all right well you can't push until the next one I swear to god it was like the longest time ever and she's like you're gonna feel the baby's body moving inside of you because she's going to be trying to wriggle out. And it was the most feeling. Isla was wriggling her shoulders and I could feel it inside my vaginal, well, the vagina part. And it was just like, I was like, oh my God, there's something like, it felt like an alien, like it's moving inside of me. But she's like, one more push and she's out. And then the contraction came. I'm like, yep. And I pushed and it was like, plop, plop, plop. And then... How interesting is it? She's like, catch your baby. So I caught Isla. They just, my midwife just guided her head out, but I um, caught her. And I naturally went to pick her up and lift. And they're like, wait, my placenta cord, the umbilical cord was really short. So how interesting is that? This is why the midwife is there when you birth at home, because I would have pulled her up really quickly and potentially snapped the cord. But then that happened and I just remember pulling her up and her ears were flopping down. I was like, she has my ears. And I was just like, oh, thank God. And then it is instantaneous. It's like all this energy. Came, oh, I was still so fatigued. Like my body just would not move without their help. But my brain, it's like my brain became so alert. I was just like, I just had a baby. And we couldn't get her on the boob because like the cord was too um, thingy, too short. And I didn't want, oh, I was like, can we, can we cut the cord here? Like she'd been there for a few minutes. The cord was starting to go white. The placenta was still inside of me. And she's like, can we cut the cord here? And she's like, if I cut the cord, I have to give you the injection to help you release your placenta. And I was like, yeah, no, don't want that. I want to birth it naturally. So we're just holding Bub at my chest and we're in the water for a bit. And then we're like, right, let's get you up onto the couch. So I'm holding Isla, the Bub just under my boobs because that's where she'd fit. Daniel's helping me up because my legs are just not working. And we're getting out, putting me on the couch. Um, and then she's like, can you feel any contractions? I was like, yeah, there's some contractions happening. She's like, right, we need to stand you up. I was like, you guys have to hold me up because my body is not work. It's like my body didn't, my muscles didn't work. 
They were just so fatigued. There was nothing left. So we have two midwives and Daniel all holding me up. There's a bucket underneath me. I'm really grateful that I had a really easy birthing of the placenta. And I, yeah, it just, I pushed on one, didn't, nothing happened. And then the next one came and I pushed. He's like, don't push unless there's a contraction. And I pushed and I was like, plop, plop. And the placenta came out. And I was like, phew, get me back down. So I truly believe because I had no intervention that as much as it was so painful and it's the hardest thing that I have ever, 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 ever done. And there was a couple more times when I was in that pool being like, fuck, if I was in the hospital, like, give me the drugs, give me the epidural, give me the pain relief. Um, There was a few times I thought like, do I go to the hospital right now? I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Just do it at home, Kim, stick it out. And actually I remember this one part when I was in the pool before Daniel had gotten the pool. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. And my midwife goes, Kimberly, you can do this. Now, no one calls me Kimberly except for my stepmom and my mom. My parents call me Kimberly. And usually it's like, Kimberly, pull your head in, or you've got kind of just like setting me straight. And I just, it was so funny. I felt like it was really funny looking back on it. So, yeah, I'm on the couch now. Placenta's out. We're cutting the cord, doing all that jazz. And then she's like, let's have a look at your vagina and see what happened. And I never tore in my perineum, which I was so grateful for. And that's, I never wanted to. And that's why I really wanted to be in the pool. But remember how I said my around near the clit area was stinging? Because I'd pushed more, like I could have done it in a couple more pushes to get her head out because I really, really, really pushed and took advantage of that contraction. I stretched uh, the skin so there was little tears around the bottom of my clit. And I feel like there's nothing, no other way to say it. But when I say clit, it sounds really like raunchy. I need like an R-rated rating on this episode. Anyway, yeah, I'd ripped a bit there and she's like, we're going to have to give you stitches there. And I'm just like, okay. No worries. Give me the local anesthetic. I just birthed a baby. I've had local anesthetic injections before to get moles cut out and all that. Yeah, piece of piss, fine. And I normally fucking hate needles. Like, ugh, can't stand needles. Just freaks me out. And I'm lying there holding Isla, trying to get her on the boob. She's there like, oh, and then legs spread, looking at my vagina, and she puts in the needle. Like, they're playing around for a bit because they're like, we need to stitch this one up here, but this this one we could probably heal naturally. It's like they were fucking examining my vagina. I'm like, whatever. And even she's like, do you want to see? I'm like, no, I don't want to see. But Daniel, you have a look and see. So Daniel kind of gave the okay of like, yep, stitch that back up there. And she put in the local anesthetic and holy fucking shit balls. I swear to God, that pain was worse than everything that I just went through the last 29 hours. <laughs> it was like this burning, stinging, slight. It felt, ugh. It was, and I was just, I just screamed. I was like, what? Like, I didn't expect that. Thank God, she only had to do one more. And the second needle still hurt. But it was in a spot that had received half of the numbing anyway. I was just like, holy shit. And then she stitched it up two bits. And then that was all good to go. <sighs> and then after that, they just did all the tidy up, weigh the baby. Daniel had skin on skin, got just tidied myself up. Then my midwife helped me have a shower, just all the formalities. And then I'm kind of skipping through this part because, you know, the birth is done. And then she puts us to bed. So we put Bob to bed and then she, it was about 8 a.m. she left. The other midwife had already gone. And me and Daniel hop into bed and I'm there. I'm like, 
and she we let her let herself out she's like I'm putting you guys to bed I let myself out but I was like actually I have a bone to pick with you and she's like what I was like you made me do all of this myself like I had this vision that midwives are like these midwives they're very holistic they'd be like a doula and talk me through more things she's like Kim you did it all yourself like you didn't need my help she was taking like Daniel said she never stopped taking notes and doing all that stuff I didn't see it because my eyes were closed but she's like you had Daniel I'm there to guide you but you could you could do it all yourself and it, it was so amazing so I was like yeah I did this um and like she helped a bit I just thought they'd be more hands-on but she's like we don't like we don't need to be that hands-on unless you genuinely like really need us I don't need to be that hands-on like you had it you had Daniel supporting you she gave some cues and whatnot throughout but yeah I just thought it was so funny I was like you made me do it all myself it was yeah <sighs> so anyway then that's the, the, our birth story that's what happened I feel like I hope I gave it enough graphic imagery for you I'm all over the place with my talking look my brain's mush becoming a mom like I'm all over the shop more than I normally am but it was so empowering it was so painful I do remember giving birth straight away being like next time I'm getting an epidural and my midwife is like Kimberly don't say that <laughs> but now like I would totally do it all over again I know stereotypically your second baby comes a lot quicker um you dilate faster so I'm like yep I could do that again I'll probably re- like hate on it at the time because it'll be really painful but fuck it I can do that again um yeah and it was and then I was I remember this is another funny bit oh my god I have two funny things to tell you I was talking about going back to the poo so when we we're on the couch after she stitched me up and I was just lying there resting I was like so did I poo she's like no 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 and daddy's like no she wants to know that she's pooed she's proud of it and my, lead, um, my midwife she's like oh yeah you did four times <laughs> and I was like go me um and then afterwards after everything had stopped uh chilled out midwife has gone Daniel and I had a bit of a sleep and we were just high on adrenaline so we only slept for like two hours and then Daniel was telling me he's like Kim when you were sitting on me right as you were crowning and pushing her out um when you're pushing her head out I got the most painful toe cramp and he still tells his story it's so funny because he was like if I say something right now I literally am going to get stabbed or who knows like I just thought that was hilarious because I was like yeah yeah babe you got a toe cramp you got a toe cramp hmm interesting but then when Bob came out and we held her on my chest Daniel I didn't really cry I was like just relieved and in love and all of that and I felt Daniel like crying a little bit like I'm like oh my god so beautiful he's crying he's like yes I cried because we had the baby but I also cried a bit because that toe cramp really fucking hurt and I was like here I am thinking you're so in love you're so smitten you're crying because it's so beautiful but you're crying because you had a fucking toe cramp whilst you were holding me through the labor oh I hope you're laughing or at least smoking because it's so funny so anyway um yeah and now we have a little baby and she's it was so beautiful like no no trauma minimal blood loss kept it as natural as possible so my I would love to share this I would love to like if you haven't had a baby yet 
and you do want to like if if you could do a home birth get a private midwife you might have to pay for it but it's fucking worth it or find a program that you have where you are like look into it but a home birth like there's no stress of the hospital it's the room is dark you're in your environment I understand that some people I don't a lot of people like you need that like I was fully prepared if I need to get in an ambulance and if I need to have a c-section I would have done it like if it was to save lives I would have done it but I knew that I had to keep like if I could keep my body and my state the way mother nature intended there's going to be a less stressful less traumatic birth and there was no tra- well the only trauma was around my clitoris I swear to God, <laughs> the only trauma that I feel like came out of that birth. But yeah, I know not everyone can do that. And I know like one of my best friends literally just had a baby. I got a photo this morning and she wanted the home birth, but she couldn't because she was high risk due to her platelet count. So she had to surrender to the fact that she had to be at the hospital. But then she's like, she made, I can't wait to hear a story, but I know she made everything as natural and as home-like as possible. Um... But yeah, if, if you can, if you're someone who you're like, no, I'm going to go to the hospital because that's what I've been conditioned and told that you do and just follow what the doctor says. But if you feel like oh, I'd love to have a home birth, but I'm nervous and I'm scared, please consider it. Please look down that avenue of you being at home because your body knows what to do and we have the medical help there if we need it. And be adamant in knowing exactly what you want. If you do need to go to a hospital or be in that setting and you know you don't want certain injections or certain um, to be called to be cut or to have this in- intervention or blah, 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 stand, know what you want. Know, let your partner, your birthing partner know what you want. Stand strong with it because you know best. You 100% know best. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. I wanted to make it as graphic and I feel like I could have done better, but that's okay. And yeah, I know. And again, as I say, every birth story is different and it's, this is not about me comparing or me making anyone feel bad or, or anything like that. Like this is just my, my journey. And I'm so grateful that I spent the time learning hypnobirthing and practicing meditation daily. That helped me so much stayed strong in my head, truly trusted and believed in myself, even when it got really, 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 really fucking hard and I just wanted to give up. I had to stay strong for myself and know that it's a big surge of energy, trust in my body, like that really helped. I was like big surge, big surge, big surge, breathing through it. Just I hope I haven't made it sound easy because it wasn't easy, but it's because I practiced practiced up until that day I practiced the hypnobirthing the meditation I practiced um just learning things and we we practiced the pressure points and certain positions so Daniel knew what to do without me having to cue like can you do this can you do that he just knew um yeah you got to get ready for it so you're super prepared but you can do it no matter what your situation or circumstance is. If you can get your head strong and practice as best you can, like it, it's only going to benefit you. <sighs> so there's my birth story. If you have any questions for me, please reach out on my social media. I'm more than happy to share and answer. I feel like 
I hope I hope I did my birth story justice because it was so fucking intense. It was incredible. And I'm so proud as equally like holy fucking shit. Like the women who do this, especially pain free and who do it for even longer times and birth bigger babies. Good on you. Like, oh, it's just it's wild. It's crazy. Like the mental experience we go through is oh I just have no words so yeah feel free to share this with any of your mamas or expecting mamas if they want to like hear some real truths (laughs) I don't want to sugarcoat anything but yeah until you experience it yourself um that's when you you really be able to relate but yeah all right I'm gonna stop rambling and thanks for listening um make sure you can check out my other episodes if you are new to listening to me um please screenshot share this on your social media um I'd love to empower more mums to home birth and or just to prepare for birth and yeah stay tuned for what's to come all right see ya Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. It means absolute well to me that you were able to do that. I really hope it added some value and inspiration into your day, into your life. Please leave a review. Please share on your socials or with your friends. I would absolutely love to have your help with this impact that we're making for empowering and inspiring ambitious women to get out of their own way, to have the tools, to have the strategies, to think greater, to evolve beyond their current issues and limitations. Like we're all a part of this big journey together. So I really hope you enjoyed. Again, if you would love to check out my offerings, head to www.kimkent.com.au or check me out over on my Instagram, which is at kimkent2 underscores in a row. And we can chat. I'd love to follow you back and I'll chat to you on the next episode.